Science and Answers. You see them walking in your neighborhoods, knocking on doors, sharing their faith. Do you pretend you're not home or do you engage in conversation? How do we reach our Jehovah Witness friends for Christ? Today you'll gain insights as Cynthia Hampton shares her journey out of the watchtower to faith in the true Jesus of the Bible. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucharin. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, listen in as our host, Pat Zucharin, interviews Cynthia Hampton and discusses her journey out from under the Watchtower cult to Christianity. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers for the issues of today. Well, many Christians get frustrated when speaking with Jehovah Witnesses. How do we reach Jehovah Witnesses for Christ? Can Jehovah Witnesses change? What's the Exodus experience like for those leaving these kinds of organizations? Well, to give us insight on that today, we have with us a special guest, Cynthia Hampton, who is a former Jehovah's Witness. And she's been walking with Christ for nearly 35 years now and is active in helping former Jehovah Witnesses by having a support group for them that meets live and in person. And she serves in an organization called Women in Apologetics. And so, Cynthia, welcome to Evidence and Answers. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here with you. So, Cynthia, tell us a little bit uh, about your history here. How did you get involved in the Jehovah Witness organization? I got involved because I was a young kid at home, and growing up, my mother decided to start studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. And uh, one day she ran into an old friend at the grocery store who had been Catholic, and she had been going to the same Catholic church that uh, we had been members of, and found out that this lady had joined Jehovah's Witnesses. So this lady started a study with my mother, and that's the way my mother got in through this friend who had been a friend through our neighborhood and through the church. And she got my mother in, she got me in, my sister, my brother, my aunt, my cousins. And now there's like a whole line of extended family that are still in the Jehovah's Witnesses. But my sister and I are out. Yes, you know, uh, one of the things that we teach is that 80% of those who enter into the kingdom of the cults, you know, as Dr. Walter Martin and other of my mentors used to say, come from Christian church backgrounds, many of them from Catholic church backgrounds. So what was it that attracted your mother to the Jehovah Witnesses? Well, she thought that the the Witnesses really taught the Bible. And so when when this friend of ours, her name was Kelly, she came around with her, what, what she called, you know, the Bible study aids, you know, the truth that leads to eternal life and, and different other watchtower publications. You know, they have the question and answer method with the questions at the bottom of the page, and then they have scripture references. And so they would look up scripture and read the paragraph and, you know, get the answers. And this is the way they study study the Bible, instead of opening it up, the Bible, to a certain book or passage and reading in context, they pull everything out of context. So my mother thought this was the way to study the Bible. And she had no idea because 
we didn't study the Bible in, in church. You know, we would, we would hear, you know, like a, a reading of the gospel or a reading from one of the epistles that we never really went to any classes where the Bible was taught. Yes, you know, and that's typical. Uh, that's why Christians are so vulnerable to those, you know, in these kinds of organizations, because we're, you know, we believe in God and in biblical truth, but we don't know the Bible. And so when an organization like this comes around and throws a few scripture verses at us, we're very vulnerable because our Bible knowledge and, you know, equipping in the Bible is, is really not there. Exactly. And then they tell you the Bible study is for free, as though all the other churches charge or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So what were the main issues doctrinally that you see that is problematic with Jehovah Witnesses? Well, the main thing is this strict adherence to their organization, because they have this organizational mindset that all truth comes through their organization, and that their organization is God's channel of communication on earth. So basically, their leadership, you know, their, their governing body, their leadership can say anything they want and twist anything any way they want, because people are under such control of this organization, thinking that this really is God's organization. And so when the governing body says, you know, comes out with new light or with new, what they think is new information or has go, gone back to an old teaching or whatnot, they automatically just adhere to us that this is God's word, even though they know that the Watchtower is uninspired. In fact, in the Watchtower magazines, every once in a while, you know, I've seen a Watchtower magazine where they do admit that they are uninspired. But the witnesses are trained to believe that every, all the information coming from the Watchtower is practically coming from God. That's the biggest thing, is that they're caught up in this organizational mindset. And so from this organizational mindset, it comes all kinds of false doctrines, you know, such as the deity of Christ. You know, they don't know who Jesus is. They think he's Michael the Archangel. So they have the identity of Jesus Christ wrong. The Trinity, they do not believe in the Trinity. They teach their followers that this is a, a pagan doctrine. They think that there are two ways to salvation, one for 144,000 another for what they call the great crowd. So everything revolves around this organization. This 144,000 are the only ones that will go to heaven and the rest of everyone who will live on earth. And that's what I try to focus on when I speak with Jehovah's Witnesses or ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. I try to get them out of this mindset of the organization and two different paths to salvation. Yes, you know, you bring up a great point. Uh, one of the things that uh, we point out here that in organizations like this or the kingdom of the cults, really one of the marks of a cult group is authoritarian leadership, that indeed the organization really takes the place of God in that God speaks to the organization and the organization therefore reveals uh, the truth to us. So you cannot question the organization. To question them is equal to, you know, rebelling against God. And the cross of Jesus Christ gets you in the door. 
But in order to win and attain salvation or eternal life or paradise on earth or whatever it may be, well, the cross fades into the background and the organization now is the focus and at the forefront. And that's exactly what you're explaining here. Exactly. And as it's like the organization now becomes the mediator to the mediator of Jesus Christ, who's supposed to be the real mediator. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the uh, Watchtower, the December 1981 issue says, you know, unless we are in touch with this channel of communication, the Watchtower that God is using, we will not progress along the road to life, no matter how much Bible reading we do. And then in the January 1983 article, they, it says even, avoid independent thinking and questioning the counsel that is provided by God's visible organization, the Watchtower. And so really, the Watchtower becomes the focus and God's spokesman and true believers, you know, in Jehovah, unquestionably, loyally follow the organization. That's the mindset that most Jehovah Witnesses are in. Exactly. That is true. Now, I guess, you know, as you stated, one of the things you need to do is to try and break that mindset, you know, that indeed the Bible is the authority, not the organization. Uh, and what was the impetus that opened your eyes to the problems with this belief system? Okay, well, uh, it, there was a whole lot of things that, that happened as far as myself personally. And I always tell people, there is no silver bullet to getting a Jehovah's Witness out of the organization. A lot of times Jehovah's Witnesses leave because they've been kicked out or they walk away or they disassociate themselves or maybe they've been mistreated. Now, I was one of the ones who was uh, mistreated and I was in a very young marriage, a teenage marriage, and I was being abused by my Jehovah's Witness husband. My, I would tell the elders that he was abusing me and hitting me and assaulting me, and they said they couldn't do anything about it And because this was a marital problem or a family problem. They couldn't uh, interfere with it. But yet, when he was caught smoking, they, they finally disfellowshipped him, and I was able to leave him. So in my mind at that time, I started to think, well, what is the worst sin? beating your wife or smoking <laughs> and that's when I started to do a little critical thinking and I started to think about whether or not this was true or not would God would God really kick a person out of the kingdom for smoking but allow them into paradise even though they beat their wife and so I was doing some critical thinking and I finally left the organization a few years later and when I became a Christian, I found, after I became a Christian, I found Walter Martin's Bible Answer Man on the radio, and I started listening to it. And a lot of what, and a lot of the things he said just really solidified my faith in Jesus Christ because, you know, it was just the apologetics and the, the answers that he had to a lot of the questions that I had. I had left the organization, but not knowing exactly all the things that were wrong with it and all the false doctrine. And through Walter Martin and his Bible Answer Man show and, of course, the Kingdom of the Cults, I really started to, to do a lot of research. So that was, that was the thing that got me into apologetics and uh, really solidifying my faith in God at the time. 
like you stated, there are many ways in which people, you know, are motivated to start questioning the organization. I think that's what you need to motivate people to do is to really throw off the shackles that the organization has them under and to really get them to study the word and examine, you know, truth for themselves. And one of the things that uh, we have found effective is to try and show that the organization has had many, you know, has made many major errors. And one of them is their record of false prophecy. They predicted Christ would return in 1914, 1918, 1925, 1975. And Deuteronomy 18 states that a prophet who speaks under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he makes predictions needs to be 100% accurate. And once they see that often, they'll start saying, okay, maybe the organization does make mistakes. Let, let me examine, you know, what the Word of God says. Or another one is that the generation of 1914, you know, would be alive when Christ returned. And of course, that generation now is gone. So their record of false prophecy has been an avenue in which we could get people to start coming out from the you know, bondage of the organization and, and start, you know, questioning, getting into the word for themselves. Or another one has been, you know, Jehovah, is this God's real name? Well, if it is, why is it never used in the New Testament? You know, of course, in their translation, it's been used. But if you look at their own Greek, the interlinear Greek Bible, you'll see that the words for God is theos, Kurios, you know, and Jesus. And so those have been some strategies in which we can first get them to start questioning the organization. And I think that that is a big avenue in which we need to start with our Jehovah Witness friends is, is to really dethrone um, the organization from their pedestal there. Is that uh, what you're saying? Well, I wouldn't recommend doing all that until after you have a foothold in the door with them, because if you ha get Jehovah's Witnesses coming to your door, I don't recommend talking to them about the Trinity or about their false prophecies or, uh, or, or really attacking their organization, because they're just going to turn around and leave. But perhaps after you've had invited them into your home and you've gotten to know them, my recommendation is when you get Jehovah's Witnesses at the door, invite them in. You know, ask them questions about themselves. Get to know them. A lot of times Jehovah's Witnesses really don't have really good relationships with each other, and they don't have friends outside the organization. So getting a foothold in the door and as a person that they can trust would be the first thing that, that I would do. I would, of course, speak to them with gentleness and respect, as First Peter three fifteen and 16 says, you know, always give an answer, but always do it with gentleness and respect. I don't attack their organization, at least not at first, until maybe they have been coming. I've been getting to know them for a while, and, you know, they, they trust me. And so I'll put in little tidbits of information, or uh, I, I ask questions to get them to think. Yeah, uh, what I was saying, assume that you had a relationship with them. So definitely I build a relationship with them and then begin to present some of these. But I was trying to share how we try to get the organization off the pedestal and get them to start really in, you know, getting them to really start studying the word for themselves. And so that assumed that I had a relationship with them, which is definitely what yes. uh, we do yes. with them before we start bringing up these kinds of issues. Exactly. Well, tell us, what was life like as a Jehovah Witness? 
We went to meetings three times a week. We had uh, a book study on Tuesday nights that we had to attend for an hour. We had Thursday night meetings where I went to the Theocratic Ministry School and Service meeting. Uh, that went on from about like 7 to 9.30 um, every Thursday night. Let's see, we had watchtower studies and public talks on Sunday mornings. And, of course, we had to go out and service door-to-door on Saturday mornings. So most of our time, most of the time that a Jehovah's Witness has, it, it, it's spending doing stuff for the organization, either attending meetings or going out and service or studying. They, they give you so much materials uh, through the watchtower magazines and their different publications that they that they have that uh, you have to study and so it, it's kind of a, a way of continuing it's a, almost a continual and daily indoctrination of their belief system yes so that's what it's like to be a Jehovah's Witness and your goal as a Jehovah's Witness is is to try to recruit others into the organization yes you know that's typical of those in the kingdom of the cults that uh, really, it's a consuming lifestyle in which you're really living for the organization and your time is spent with people in the organization and other relationships, you know, family relationships with, with cousins or your friends who are outside the organization really begin to fall to the you know wayside and really you become isolated in that organization and your community and your world become pretty much everyone in that organization. Isn't that right? Right. When you join the Watchtower organization as one of Jehovah's Witnesses, they become your new family. (laughs) And so you are told that those who do not believe like you, they become bad association. And they're always bringing up that scripture from their Bible. Bad association spoils useful habits. So anyone who is not a faithful Jehovah's Witness is considered that association, even if it is a member of your family, cousins, uncles, aunts, no matter who it is, could be somebody, you know, who is a good family friend and has loved you all your life, that that person immediately becomes bad association. Yes, so there's a lot, you know, another typical aspect in these kind of organizations, there's a lot of peer pressure to meet the standards of the organization, which is something you were sensing while you were there. Yes, the Watchtower always changes its rules. And so basically, it's one of those things where if they say jump, you say how high. Yes, now, since those in the kingdom of the cults, their entire community, their world is the organization and the friends and the associations they have are in that organization. It's a tremendously difficult exit process from these kinds of organizations. That's why it may take years uh, for people to really exit an organization like this. Tell us, what was the exodus from the organization like for you? Well, I disassociated myself. I had been going to college, and which is something you're really not supposed to do. They discourage college education, but I needed to be able to get a job and have some skills, so I went to college. And while I was in college, I started to learn to do some critical thinking. Um, Some of the uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, elders and their wives were critical of me, especially when I, you know, mentioned I was taking a psychology class. One of the elders' wives says, oh, you're learning doctrines of demons. And so, (laughs) you know, this is a 
Psych 101 class, and I told her, no, it has nothing to do with demons. It's just a required class. Everybody takes psychology. And when I started to think about how these people's mindsets were, started to turn me off, and I stopped reading their literature because every time I'd look at it, it would seem like the same thing over and over again. There's nothing to learn from it. I realized it was just re-indoctrination over and over again. Nothing nothing um, was ever new, and um, I guess I kind of realized how manipulative it was. I just didn't know exactly what was wrong with the Watchtower organization. When I disassociated myself, I, I didn't do anything for for two years. I didn't search for God. I just kind of, you know, went on my, my merry way. And, you know, finally, a friend invited me to church a, a few years later, and I became a Christian at that time. But it, it was kind of a slow process. And, you know, I had trust issues as well. Because when you are in the organization or the Watchtower organization, they really teach you to distrust all the churches. In fact, almost every Watchtower magazine has something, has something negative to say about the churches, or it'll, it'll be the cover story on the Watchtower magazine or on the Awake magazine, you know, something hypocritical that the churches do or something horrible that happened in the church. So they manipulate your mind so much so the, that you believe that there is nothing good going on in any of the Christian churches. In a way, I had a trust issue, and that's how a lot of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses are at first. They really don't want to search out what might be going on in a, in a different church, because they're, they're automatically thinking that this church is a false organization. It teaches false doctrine. It teaches pagan doctrine. And so you should see the leap that many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses take from being a Jehovah's Witness, and they go straight to atheism. Yes, you know, uh, one of the characteristics of those coming out of, you know, the kingdom of the cults is that these organizations have what we call closed-minded thinking in that any organization that teaches something that contradicts or is different to theirs, they demonize everything, and they practice mind control techniques, and they're really in control or become in control of the thinking of those in the organization. And so, as you stated, you get isolated and uh, they control the information that comes in. And when people leave the organization, then they feel, well, if I can't trust the watchtower, who can I trust? And so that experience that you have is, you know, typical of those who leave the organizations. Very, very difficult, uh, as you're describing here. Right, and uh, most of them don't bother to do a lot of real research, and they become internet atheists. You know, they'll go straight from rejecting the Watchtower to rejecting the Bible because they've read uh, Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and stuff like that. So, but I didn't do that. I I um I said there's there's got to be truth, and I went straight to the library, <laughs> and I started researching the history of Christianity. And I started researching the history of early church history. I started researching the doctrine of the Trinity. So I wanted to know all I could know, you know, by doing some real research instead of, you know, just uh, not doing anything or just having a knee-jerk reaction to my bad experience in the Watchtower. How do Jehovah's Witnesses treat those who leave the faith? 
Oh, they call us apostates. In fact, uh, they uh, shun all the apostates. They not only shun the people that they've kicked out or disfellowshipped, but if you become an apostate, that is so much worse. You know, like when I became a Christian years ago and I, my mother found out, you know, well, she knew I had, you know, I was disassociated and she continued to associate with me. But the minute she found out that I accepted Christ as my Savior and I became a Christian, she went ballistic on me. And she told me she never wanted to see me again since I was uh, like the dog going back to the vomit. And that hurt. And she shunned me for many, many years. She no longer shuns me because she's now 85 years old and, and uh, very, she's, she's not real ill, but she has dementia. So uh, she kind of has forgotten that she's supposed to shun me. <laughs> so we have a much better relationship now with my mother having dementia because she doesn't remember what she believes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a practice uh, that's common in cult organizations called shunning. We've run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 4830586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website at evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. <laughs>